Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. We for too long, guys, things have been different for about three months, two to three months now. And uh, I think many and maybe even shift to most, most of you know there's a noted difference many of you in your walk. And I think we've realized that uh, maybe we've done things wrong. You know, maybe we've, we've done that. Not that it's not been the first time that you've heard that from me. This whole thing that God is doing and the things that he's putting together and, and he's culminating and, and, and doing is, is for such a time as this. You can look around you and, and tell that things are very different. The ebbs of darkness are doing their best to press against light. But remember, darkness has no power over light. It's light that has power over darkness. What is the shift? It's not God. It's you. What is going on is that many of you have allowed God to come into the far reaches of your soul. And he has unearthed and is unearthing many of these things that are idols. And the key to that, the number one idol is you. And I really believe what's going on here is that we are sitting. You can go ahead and turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 19. I'm going to give you something today. And this, I believe, is... is critical today to where I believe with what's going on it, it is about self and there's no greater there is no greater idol today in this land than self and when we recognize that remember he doesn't point it out Holy Ghost does not point it out without the power to pull it out okay but we've got to yield to him there was something really awesome that happened in the book of Acts, and a lot of good things happened in, in the book of Acts, of course. And there was something here. Just let me spend a minute with you. But there was a revival that, that took place in Ephesus. Paul went there at least three or four different times, considered his journeys, and I get them all interwoven and inter I get them mixed up. But when it speaks of this in Acts chapter 19, we have Paul that has been delivered from the power of religion and Jesus has opened his eyes and he is now changed and he is set on fire to be a word bringer to all those around him. Religion can't shut him down and people can't shut him down and governments try to shut him down and he just bringing the word. 
But there was a revival here that happened at Ephesus, and I'll show you some of the result there because really today the whole message would be, would be about the church, about the shrine, and about the temple, and it's trying to identify the three. I, I want to spend some time here on the shrine, and it may not be any more than five or ten minutes, but it's what we're seeing today in the time that we're in. And it's the shrines that we build. And as Paul is preaching and people are getting delivered, the Word of God says, you don't have to stand. You can just soak for just a moment, okay? He says this in Acts chapter 19 and verse 24. This is the result of the revival at Ephesus. A certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, with made silver shrines for Diana, one time you find the word shrine in the Bible, or shrines, that's what I found. If you find it more, let me know, and I mean that, I'm, yeah. Shrines for Diana brought no small gain under the craftsmen. And what he did is this man named Demetrius, he called them all together and said, hey, listen, because of this revival that has taken place, he said, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation and said, Listen, can you all see what's going on? Can you see what's taking place? He said, sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. Now, Ephesus was a place that was not only full of idolatry because of the worship of Diana or Artemis. It wasn't just because of that, but because of the craft and because what have they done? It had become a huge banking center. And this temple or what was, what was built for Diana was one of the seven wonders of the world with at least a hundred, if I read this correctly and study correctly, at least a hundred huge colonnades or columns that go there. And within the midst of this, through Diana, all the worship that took place, money was flowing through there and all of these things. Listen, church. And people were flocking from every corner of the, what was the known world to worship Diana. Revival has taken place. In verse 26, he says, Moreover, you see and hear, and that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all of Asia, this Paul, this Paul, say this Paul, has persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. Much of the culture that we live in right now that you've been hearing me hammer home. Today we are building shrines. Instead of understanding that we are the church of the living God and not a dead God. A shrine is something that is built to pay homage and or tribute to something that is dead. And we adorn that and we do those things and it becomes a shrine. Some of you have shrines in your life that you still go to regularly. And you place what is spiritual memorabilia or different things that are there. And you continually do that and you never leave that and it controls you. There can only be one true church because there is only one true God. And I declare today that he's Jehovah God. And when Paul, because this Paul persuaded men and told them that this God that he serves and this very one that is true and alive, when he began to do that, people began to turn from their idols. He did not preach, Paul did not preach a compromising gospel. 
at Ephesus. Ephesus wanted this trade. It was within the trading route. It was, like I said, a banking capital, if you will, so set up with idolatry. The very word Ephesus, you all know I study words, and the very word Ephesus really goes back to two words, permitted and desire. And that's where most people's church is. Is tied to permitted desire. And most of our experiences today focus so much upon us and not about Him. That when God said, you'll have no other gods before me, He meant it. And for those of you who have been hearing, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you, this is the reason that your life right now is a wreck. Is because God is wrecking you and breaking you so that he can get into your life and change you and take out those things that are not him. And at this revival at Ephesus, different things are happening. The word of God said that special miracles were happening at the hands of Paul. I still believe in miracles. I still believe our God delivers. I still believe that He saves. What about the young lady this morning that come and gave her life? Listen, Sabrina, God knew your name for we knew your name. Can somebody shout hallelujah? That's what God does. And because of this revival, the idol makers and the smiths, no offense, Larry and Stephen, but the silversmiths, that made these things. We're saying, hold on a minute. We don't have a market anymore for our idols. This idol, it, it depended. It, it, Larry, it could vary on size. Stay with me, a little history here, but it's going to preach. This idol of Diana could be in a different size, but the model was usually the same. It was a very ornate type of statue that you could pack, that you could carry, even put in your pocket, depending, of course, on size. Very ornate. It was a female. Listen, Diana was the god of, excuse me, the goddess of fertility. That within her, from her waist up to her neck, were breasts covered, showing a sign of fertility and also a nurturing type of spirit. Now she was there within the lore of that and within even the theology of what would be part of a Greek Artemis and part of it here in Ephesus that when you see that her own thought was to give women power in childbirth. That she would be that goddess that would be in place that when they were going through their hardest time that she would be the one that they would And so they would pray to Diana thinking that she would give them the relief in childbearing. You don't have to be a rocket scientist today to tell, for let me tell you this, is that what is the idol that you are nursing on to get you through the hardest times in your life? And God has brought you to a place to where something so wonderful is in you. And I declare today, don't call on the gods of this world, but call on the one and true almighty God. I'm not done. There are many gods. And just as there are many spirits that are going out into the world, all this has been cooking, man, for a good while. 
and all of this nurturing and all of these things and as all of this happened and Demetrius is mad he calls all his brothers together or all these people that are of like occupation and you know what it's involved in the word says that when this revival began and Paul is preaching remember the seven sons of Siva that when they came there were those religious magicians and priests much like we see today behind pulpits and even in praise teams that have no character and are loaded with charisma but what they do is they cast a spell on congregations and they lead them straight to hell instead of heaven you say that it sounds like dad you're, dad, you're trying to be inclusive or you're trying to be this you're trying to be that and what they do it's witchcraft it is witchcraft and it's crafted all around you and what is crafted around you wants to get in you. The Holy Ghost still convicts people. The Holy Ghost still leads people to an almighty God. You can see all kinds of talent. Listen, the church today, not his church, but the church, as much of America knows it, is no more than a shrine to where dead people come to offer dead things to a dead God. Oh boy. And people nurse off of pulpits and priest teams that are no more than idols. I'll tell you what, when God shows up in the house, people get convicted. And when God shows up, He doesn't just show up to convict you. He comes to change you. I am so wore out in my flesh of watching people sleep, not on me, but on God. Wake up. For those of you that are here for the first time, please let somebody, turn to somebody, turn to anybody and say he really loves you. He just got to get this out. And I watch Christians that are so anemic and they're so pumped up on Sunday only to watch them have the life sucked out of them on Monday because they go back to the hellish fountains of religion and self by Monday morning and expect for it to feel there is still living water flowing from the throne room of God. It's the Holy Ghost kind of... And they would come. And Demetrius brought in and said, hey, y'all come. He said, we got a problem. Turn to somebody and say, boycott. You know what runs America? You know the reason that the NBA, the NFL, and everything else, and every other kind of sports junk ends up bowing to different things like China and everybody else? It's because of money. Money is not the root of all evil, but it is the love of money. Today you watch. Can I tell you something? I'm not worried about how many shoes Nike sells. I'm worried about the feet that go in those shoes and believe. It's all around you. And what's around you wants to get in you. Amy, this ain't a note-taking sermon. And 
And the Dianas and the shrines are continually being pumped out. Continually. And people are trying to get nourishment from a worthless idol. These idols were there not just as trinkets, but as souvenirs to let you know you had been there. I don't need a souvenir to let me know when I've been with God. My God is more than a souvenir. It's not what I pack, Jacob. My God is the one that packs me. Phone, please. Y'all like, he gonna be on my phone again. I tell you what, when you spend time with God, y'all do, y'all spend time with him. Talking to God. Like I said, don't y'all weird out when I say he talked back. Don't weird out on me. God showed me. He said, this is real revival, Wayne. The way it started here. And when those seven sons of Siva, when those religious people, that's where I was, when those religious come in and those magicians try to come in in my name and try to cast out devils, the devil will make hell out of them. You can't just speak the name. You need to know the name. Know the name that saved you, delivered you, that healed you, that restored you, that put you back together. You better know the name. Get don't work with the devil. You better get. No. You better know the power of an almighty God. When you face a demon and it looks at you and laughs. When you face a demon and it's in a female and it starts stripping off its clothes in front of you. you huh? That demon wants to seduce you. You say, you, you better believe I do. All to get you to pull in. Does he know my weakness? Does he know your weakness? No, but he knows man's weakness. In all of this, Amy, they tried to go in there and cast him out. Guess what? They said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Huh? Jake, I know. Stephen, I... Y'all right now thinking, don't put me in there. <laughs> Jesus, I know. But who are you? Somebody say, greater is he, greater is he. that is in me than he that is in the world. How many of you believe that? If you do, give him some crazy praise because that's what you're going to need. You're going to need more than a sermonette to get you through. You're going to need the power of this holy, hot gospel preaching on these streets to see a revival come. And you know what happened? And this is what you're seeing. You need to get this. I'm paraphrasing a lot of this. Previous verses in 19, Asher, what I've seen is this. You know what they did? The Word of God said, the Spirit said that. Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? But then the man that was possessed leaped on them, whooped them all, stripped them of their clothes, beat them up. Let me show you what's going on with the demons today. You tell me how many demons you got fighting you right now. They're trying to beat you down. They don't just want to beat you down. They want to take your covering. Now. 
I know when it's a demon, Jane, coming. I know when one is attacking me. It tries to beat me down. But that's when the God in me begins to raise up and declare, I'm going to stand. And what it'll do is it'll strip you of your covering. And you'll be there laid down naked, beat down, wore out. And every, I see them every, every day. You have no covering. He's preaching it. Listen, this is when you know you got, this is when revival happens. It's when the true Jesus shows up and demons have to go. You're thinking, oh man, there's some demons and other people. No, I tell you what, the first demon you've got to confront is the one. I love, boy, I love y'all church people. But I'm telling you right now, when the Holy Ghost said, the first demon you've got to deal with is the one that's beating you down. The Word said that demon, that man, that demon in him leaped on him, did all those things, beat him down, took the covering. Then Jesus was preached. And then when this Jesus that Paul is preaching, you know what they did? A great revival happened because they heard that a real God, not some kind of magical, not some kind... Some kind of pixie dust, fairy dust kind of God. And the spell casters are cast out when a real God happens. Pharaoh will always have his magicians. And they'll always be able to turn a rod into a snake. But it's our God through the deliverer that our rod will swallow up the snakes of this world. And we can declare we're taking some people to the other side. World going to have it. You're going to see it more and more. And it's only by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God, Rick, that you're going to be able to discern in these last days because false prophets are here. The Spirit of the Antichrist is here. You're going to see miracles. And they're going to tell you that was God. It was a God, but it wasn't your God. I thought I was really going to be good this Sunday. And when revival comes, they bring their curious books. They bring their magic spell books. And they bring them and they burn them before an almighty God. How many books do you have in your mind that you need to burn that continually cast a spell over your mind? I'm talking about the books and the chapters of your past that put a spell on you that you can't even operate in the fullness of who... I'm going to tell you something. Witchcraft is prevalent today. It hides so well. It's not pointed hat and cauldrons. Huh? It's pretty. It's handsome. And it's speaking. And it'll use a pulpit. And this right here, guys. The power of this, if you can see it when a real God shows up, you're not wanting it to deal with somebody else. You're asking it to deal with you. What are you going to bring to God today and burn in his presence that has a spell over your life? Too many of you are under a spell. And it's witchcraft. And you allow yourself to be taken. I'm going somewhere. Just stay with me. You're too far into this now not to experience revival. Don't quit. 
you're getting ready to experience. And Kathy, it's so much more than the emotional side. It is a freedom like you have never felt before in your life. They burned all their books and all the things that had spells. And the Word of God said many of them, which also use those curious or magic arts, brought their books together. And they burned them before all the men. Do it in, listen, I don't want people to know. Bring it to God and do it before men. Do you think that it excites my flesh when, come here, sweetheart, come here. You're in them pretty red shoes. Caught my eye this morning. I said, I love your shoes. She looked at me about what about the dress. Do you think it excites my flesh to tell you that God, that through our own stupidity and sin, that God, it was only through God that he restored this. Do you think that I get encouraged when I tell you that I failed God and I failed my family? Do you think it does any one thing from my flesh? But when I confess that to you, Not only does it tell you that we're free, but it gives you a point to tell you that you can be free too. Can I I preach to somebody today? Can I testify? And that when you do that, you don't want to tell people that. But when you come... And you burn your books and the chapters of your life right here before God. And you confess and you show up before men that guess what? You thought I had the perfect marriage. You thought I had the perfect kids. Who told you that? Staying on task. Revival will bring you to a point and you'll confess it before God and you'll get up and you'll have a testimony that said, I'm burning that bridge and those books that I used to cross and I used to go into all the time. Almost done. It's only one part of three three messages here. What happened? All the men and they counted the price of them and it found that it was 3,000, that over 50,000 pieces of silver. My Bible, and that's little bitty letters, but I think it says somewhere around $6 million. Look at verse 26, or excuse me, 20. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. That's revival. When the word of God grows and it spreads. We got a problem, fellas. Paul's preaching and people are turning from our idols and they're turning to God. What would happen when you turned your TV off? What would happen when you said, I don't have to have the next new phone? What would happen if there was no market for you to buy it? Y'all are thinking right now, he's starting to really... If there's no market, there's no use for a product. So what did they do? We got a problem. Isn't it ironic? Isn't it amazing? I said, Lord, (laughs) I'm in with God, right? God, I don't understand all this idol business. I get it about Diana and what people, but what is the idol? This is an idol of silver. In big letters on the screen, can can you put point as in a decimal, three, five? Thank you. You're thinking, well, that's, and this is a gram, not even an ounce. So you're thinking, well, Brother Wayne, I don't worship Diana. I, I don't do this. I, I don't do that. I don't get my life from, from that from that old idol. Guess what's in your cell phone? 0.35 grams of silver. And what do we do? 
We actually try our best to get nourishment from this. And what it does is it's sucking the life out of you. I'm going to share something with you I believe to be true, okay? You've probably heard me say this in the past. We're getting ready to pray. You've probably heard me say this in the past. That money makes a great tool, but it makes a poor master. Have you ever heard that before? I think I could agree. That money makes a great tool, but it makes a poor master, Rick. This makes a great tool, but a poor master. You say, Pastor, why have you been hammering this out? I don't know of one thing today in this whole culture, just as Diana and the idol there of her had not just permeated Ephesus and that whole region, but the word said it began to spread throughout the whole world. I don't know what the number is out of seven over seven billion people, Jake. I don't know, is it five billion people now that have an iPhone or a cell phone? What I don't know. Please don't. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me, please. This may be your idol, but there's some idol in your life that God is unearthing, and He's saying, if you want revival, you've got to get rid of that. They're going to keep making them. But that don't mean I have to keep buying them. Some of y'all are like right now, Pastor Wayne. I'm all about some praise break, man. I love me. I just take me a few praise breaks. I take me a praise break. I just, just stop my just praising, thanking. I just stop and tears come. Don't even know when it's going to show up. Just sometimes I just stop and say, thank you, Lord. And he's like, if you wait a minute, I'll bless you. And it, if you'll take a phone break, you'll appreciate your praise break. What I'm trying to express to you today is there are so many things. What is wrong with our kids today? When I said this here, it just hadn't been that long ago, Amy. When I said this, I said there's pacifiers all around you, and it's in the form of a cell phone. Used to, when you'd hand your kid, you'd hand your child a pacifier to keep them quiet. Now you hand them the phone and say, here, play this little deal. Huh? Remember, idle time and idle time. I'll leave this alone when the Holy Ghost will help me do it. But right now what we have done is we have used this and different things in our life to become the shrines that we worship at. What are you going to do with it? Somebody said, well, how are they going to hear the word? I'm thankful for that great and effectual door that's been opened. I talk about that. Larry, I talk about that a lot. I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's a great tool. I think that the way that we can, I, I do. I think I, 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 here's the balance. But it can't become my God. I want you to think about today. What is it that we can come up here and burn before God? And somebody says, well, how are they going here? You all don't even know. I, you, you don't know how close. I don't need to say it. I don't need to share everything the Holy Ghost gives. A lot of it's just for me. But today, some of you are walking in it. You're middle ways in it. Don't stop. Don't stop. Because God is doing a work. Point three five, that's not much. Brother Wayne, if we couldn't get the word out there, if we didn't have television, if we didn't have if we didn't have this, we didn't have that, how would anybody hear the word? Duh. 
you, me, Is it that simple? Preacher, what that sign going to do? You're talking about holding a sign on August 8th. This man changed my life. He's showing me the way. I found the truth. And how many of you know it's not just life, it's abundant life. Can somebody say amen? You and I. I want revival. I want it for you. Some of you are like, boy, I almost got saved last Sunday. What would have happened if I'd done your funeral Thursday? Limbo is a game you play, not a life you live. Don't you dare wait another second. I'm so thankful. Sabrina, where are you at? You up in here. Sabrina, I'm so thankful you didn't wait till the end of service. I'm so thankful because guess what? If, how many of y'all know Jesus could have come back? You didn't just make your day and your buddy's day. You done made everybody's day in here. If you listen real close, you hear him angels throwing down up in there. I want to be that close. I won't be that close to where I hear those wings flutter. Today. You go to church, you can do a lot of things, and we do. We come, we sit, we sing, but few repent. All right, I'm going to help you. How many of y'all want to be an overcomer? Say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, look, you can't be an overcomer and hang out with an undertaker. I was spending time with God. I said, oh, God, who just want to be an overcomer? He said, you can't be an overcomer. Now, I'm telling you again, remember the context in which I'm saying this. He said, you want to be an overcomer, and you're still hanging out with undertakers. I said, Lord, what are you talking about? Immediately, my mind come back to when I was a 13, 14, 15-year-old boy, somewhere in 15 probably. 15-year-old boy swimming over to Ibury, off up, up from the boat dock in the cove. I know that very well. It's where I was raised. I was up in there, and I'll never forget I was swimming. And Dad had brought a guy down from Louisville. We were doing some work, and he was there. We were swimming right there in the cove. I'll never forget it. I'm swimming across. He's coming back. He gets a cramp in his leg. He goes down, comes back up, hollers my name. I know the cove. I swim there a lot. He goes down. He hollers my name again. I couldn't get to him fast enough. The first thing I did is when I got to him, when I got to him, I come to him in front. You need to hear me. I come to him in front, and he climbed me like a tree. He climbed me like a tree. You need to hear me right now. He took me down. I took him water. I thought, uh-oh. thought, what am I going to do? I went down. I come back up. I tried it again. He climbed me again like a tree. He was getting on anything to keep him above water. Uh-oh. How many people you got like that in your life? 
What you can't do is you can't face them. You got to come behind them. I did something different. I didn't know all the techniques. Some of you probably got some lifeguard skills. I didn't. I don't know. I come up behind him. He say, "What?" Well, I knew the cove. I went down. My feet touched the bottom. I got underneath his rump and I shoved him. Come back up. Went back down. Shoved him. Went back about five times. He finally got to where he could touch. He bigger than me. Big old strong thing. Big old strong thing. Pastor, what are you talking about? There are people in your life that are undertakers, and they will take you under. Some of the things that you're watching, some of the things that you are doing are in there to take you under. You need to hear me right now. Don't think is not much, but look at the power of a gram. I don't even know. Somebody could probably Google it. Don't do it. How much that is in comparison to that. That's not much at all. But look at what's in it that has the power. If you want to be an overcomer, you can't be around the undertakers. Who are they? They're always those ones that want to throw the dirt in on top of you. Today, hear me. Come, get it right. Let's confess to God. And say, God, I give you the authority over the gate of my eyes. I give you the authority over the gate of my mouth. I give you the authority over the gate of my ears. Do you realize that your walk is called a gate? Give God the authority over that gate. That where I walk, God lets you walk. God, don't take me any place you don't. I know y'all think it's getting late. Don't blame it on any praise team. It's too long. I'm just kidding. That's usually what I get. Y'all know how this rolls, huh? Look. Today is the day made unto salvation. Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.